know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself, international Ian Lamont Morgan. Rain, snow, sleep. It's still Cleveland all day. What's <laughs> up, everybody? And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, they call him the Black Adam Schefter because he has the scoop. It's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. Um, another two-in-one special. Me and Ian holding it down for Team Dark Skin. Hey. Today. Uh, shout out to Keith. Has some things going on, so we're going to hold it down again for him today. My brother, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. It, it feels good to be back in uh, what I've dubbed Chocolate City. As we uh, <laughs> Shout out to Keith, you know. And all the such like, but uh, you know, every now and again, I think uh, the coffee's just got to be black, you know. Um, um, it just got to hit people right in the chest with uh, with this two in one special. So, I am excited. How are you, my my good brother? Man, it has been a week, but this this podcast is therapeutic for me. You oh know? yes, it's good to get in here and just for an hour a week just talk about sports. Ain't <laughs> got to worry about nothing else. I had takes like all last week <laughs> so i'm just sitting at the house just telling my son about all of my um <laughs> all of my hot takes <laughs> and the i'm thing sure jojo's is, like jojo's like yeah uh-huh yeah uh-huh, uh-huh no the thing is he's he's so ready for it and he <laughs> very much wants to be a feature on the pod because uh, okay. he had takes for days so mm. all right yeah man. Has, has he heard the podcast before he has He's, what does he say when he hears it? So like he'll hear he'll hear Uncle Malcolm, and um, he normally sides with you just because you're Uncle Malcolm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's weighed in and you know just giving me some of his feedback on stuff. I'm I, he definitely makes me feel like I'm uh, I'm doing it right. I'm doing mm. it right. I'm breeding a young sportscaster, and that's a, uh, I think that's the point. You know, outside of God and family sports so I mean, you know basically yeah man. what else do we have to hold on to you know music there it is and then <laughs> there sports. it is yes music but this is not a music podcast we're here to talk about sports so let's start with some nba news uh the first head coaching domino to kind of fall um it's always interesting to see what the first name is and i was not mm-hmm. expecting this although when you really look at things it shouldn't be that surprising <laughs> uh ryan saunders got fired uh from the minnesota timberwolves I mean, this team overall is just its just a mess. They've been a mess for quite some time. Yeah. doesn't matter who the coach is. doesn't matter what players they bring in or trade. They just can't seem to get right. Um, so I was surprised from it just because I wasn't expecting anything like that to happen this early. But when it comes down to it, this Minnesota team just is not good and hasn't been good for quite some time. Yeah, I I, I hesitate to say that it's bad, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. And um yeah, I didn't realize that their record was as bad. I didn't realize that they were as terrible. It's the worst. Um, but when D goes out and has surgery, when Cat is out with COVID mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, a large portion of the season, I mean, you you kinda get what you get. You know, you got yeah. the you have the shell of Ricky Rubio. You have the skin <laughs> of Ricky Rubio out there. Um <laughs> And hey, I, if anything, silver linings has been a great breeding ground for Anthony Edwards to be able to, you know, 
get up shots and and be able to have you know kind of free reign in the offense and um he's come on a little bit stronger since cat came back somewhat but uh i don't know man um it, it, while i i mourn the loss for uh ryan San- saunders and uh you know um, I think that he kind of got a raw deal bubble last year, year before that, you know, he's still de- dealing with injury stuff. Then he has a trade mid season. So he's trying to work with that. But all that said, and while I am shocked and, and whatever you, like you said, it's, it's more of a timing thing than anything. I have nothing against, what is it? Chris Finch, the, mm-hmm. the, the new coach, mm-hmm. but I have to agree with some of what has been echoed throughout the, the 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 halls of 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 the NBA community, you got all of these qualified, experienced. It it, it low key it low key pissed me off listening to um, uh, Gerson Rosas talking about why he hired uh, this guy Chris Finch. He was talking mm-hmm. about his uh, international experience and his NBA experience, his development. Mind you, this, this cat has been on the bench and assisted in Toronto. Uh, and no shade to him, sure. Plenty of successful guys have come, you know, right from that that particular crop. But when you have Nate McMillans, when you have Jacques Vaughn's out there, when you got these qualified black guys, and I mean, listen, uh, uh, Jacques Vaughn, I th- when did they bring him in? Um uh, 2017, uh, uh, 2016, 2017, he got hired into Brooklyn. And then you see Karis LeVert and you see Spencer Witty kind of take off. And then Nate McMillan, when he came on in 2016, that man's an Olympian. He, he's a he's a gold and bronze medal winner, you know, and he, the Demontis Sabonis was as his Vaughn, peak. Uh, was he the um, interim coach in, in Brooklyn after, after they fired Atkinson? He was the interim coach. Last year? Yep, in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But you know he was he was an assistant there. You know as you see these these guys develop, Sabonis is developing and flourishing under Nate McMillan, and they let him go. So I'm just saying, I mean, you all of these accolades, all of these reasons and rationales that they that they get this guy, and you got all of these qualified NBA experienced head coaches that are sitting here. It just kind of it's another slap in the face to black coaches uh, in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's a weird situation. Anyway, just to, to to fire a guy and then hire not an interim, but his replacement. And yeah. he's not on the staff. He's a guy you're bringing in from the outside. So he doesn't have the benefit of a, of a training camp. He doesn't he doesn't have the rapport with these guys. He's basically starting over in the middle of the season. He's a stranger. Um, exactly. And, it, you know, they had a guy on their staff, uh, Vanderpool, who came from Portland, who obviously Damon and CJ McCullough have been championing not just this year, but before this year, and he's been up for jobs, and they hired him away from Portland to come to Minnesota, it feels like that's the natural fit when you have a guy who's been there, who the players know, who knows the system. He's a defensive coordinator. But instead, you bring in a guy from the outside. Now, he may have experience. He may have been a part of a championship team. But it's the middle of the season. You're not (laughs) – during the season, NBA players will tell you they're not practicing all the time every day. Especially Um, not now. Right. So there's not going to be a lot of time for him to get up to speed. And I'm not really sure what the play is here for them. I will say I do think the fact that Minnesota is up for sale has to be a part of this of this uh, thought process or has to be mentioned in this because there's been upheaval with this organization for quite some time. Um, And and that ownership group has had that team for sale for almost a year. Um, And so, 
you know, who is really running the show there? Is Glenn Taylor really running the show? Is Rosa's really having to take a, a bigger role in this? Um, or was this possibly a move from Glenn Taylor saying we need to make a change um, to make this team more valuable? Because it doesn't make sense for this team to have the worst record in the NBA. I looked yeah. at it and I was surprised. The Detroit Pistons have a better record than them. And <laughs> Detroit Pistons just paid their uh, their highest paid player to leave them alone and go home until they can figure <laughs> out whether to, right. to cut him with up? two years left on his contract. Yeah, um, I mean, a team with Carl Anthony Towns, with D'Angelo Russell, a developing Malik Beasley, a young Anthony Edwards should be better. But it's it's a it, first of all, let's go back all the way back to the Jimmy Butler situation. They had yeah. a guy there who was actually making them competitive um, and they didn't do the right things to make that team good enough. And ever since then, they just haven't been able to get the right pieces together to make that team good. And you look at the roster and outside of those guys I just mentioned, you know, you got, like you said, the corpse of Ricky Rubio, um, you know, even at his best, what is Ricky Rubio? He's not really a super game changing player. Yeah. You got players like Jake Lehman, Nas Reed, guys that just don't, they don't, move you're just not either. sure they're role players at, at best. Yep. Um, so this team is is they should be so much better when you have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, when you've got D'Angelo Russell. Um, but you know, the Carl Anthony Towns thing is a little bit more understandable. He's had some off the court things with his family and him catching COVID as well. And so prayers and, and thoughts go to him, obviously. And, and then D'Angelo Russell. I mean, what's your thought on D'Angelo Russell? He's been such a, a polarizing player since he came into the NBA with the Lakers. I think I think him leaving Brooklyn was was probably the worst thing that could have happened mm. for his trajectory. He had finally settled in. He was in a system that worked. His guys believed in him mm-hmm. um, and were, you know, he. I, I really feel like he was developing as a leader um, and he was peaking. And we were really about to see him uh, uh, break through. I would have put him in in the in the rising class of the the Jamal Murrays and Donovan Mitchells. You know, I I think can you imagine from what we were seeing from him in Brooklyn if he's in the bubble with mm. those guys last year? That would have been a prime situation for him to really come into his own even further. And so, yeah, I, I think that him him getting traded from there was a. Uh, was was really tough was really tough and we were excited because we thought what was it a golden state that made that trade Mm -hmm. um yeah but come find out they were really they were probably really just trying to flip him and it was like contract considerations and stuff but um yeah you know what i mean back to the 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 coach i mean i get it you know finch and roses they were what they were together in houston Mm -hmm. um so they've got prior connection there um and so it's it's about who you know we get it. We really truly do. But like you said, for you to fire for you to fire a coach ninety minutes after the game and then get like whispers about who the next coach is, they get leaked like the same night. <laughs> you announce it the next morning is wild. It's um, such a weird it's, I've it's never strange. Yeah. I've never heard like the first report is oh they're not gonna immediately hire or interim. I was like Okay, that's weird because you guys have a game coming up that you guys got to <laughs> right, get ready right. for. Just and all the assistants are look are sitting in the meeting room like, yeah, yeah. So, and then the next report is, oh, they've hired a new a new head coach. It's like, I mean, as a as as Son- Ryan Saunders, I've got to feel a certain way. Like, okay, y'all clearly have been plotting this for some time. Exactly. Like, let a dude know if 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 I mean we're bad. I understand, but like, let me know if if this is over. <laughs> Did you hear, like, did you hear uh, the, uh, the uh, Rosas' account of how it happened? 
no Kennedy, oh god the game ended and then um you know out of respect for ryan we knew that we were going to make the move but you know then we finally got permission to talk to finch from toronto and so we just reached but then on the flip side he's just saying you know what you know, his mindset he really just he just matches what it is that we're looking to do and i was like how did you gather all of this from in 17 it was minutes. 10 minutes ago yeah 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 can we get a chance can we talk to chris finch yeah all right uh can you give us a number thank you call now <laughs> right, right hey man we got a deal here uh how, how you how's your state of mind man i'm doing good great that sounds great sounds like we're aligned here's a five-year 20 million dollar contract right. if We've already faxed it to you. Actually, it should exactly. be in your email. Go ahead <laughs> and be, uh, it should be already in your inbox already. <laughs> the jet is actually on its way to Toronto to pick you up. Um, you, you might hear the helicopter overhead right now. We're ready to go. So uh, <laughs> they sent that man at a, a survey on Survey Monkey and then decided <laughs> <laughs> to go ahead and hire a man. It's craziness, like, man. That's like when you uh, see a job on Indeed, you apply for it, and they're like, the position has been filled. I was like, it <laughs> right, said it was posted right. six minutes ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is this? What is the meaning of this? It was a long so surveys, too, man. Right. Oh, my gosh. Please upload your resume. All right. Now, <laughs> fill out your resume and your job experience. And just for fun, do it again. <laughs> And then take this personality assessment. Right. <laughs> so we don't know. So we know if you're a crazy person because uh, we need you at practice tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a team that's not falling apart, and that's yeah. the Brooklyn Nets. Man, oh man! Um, you know they've had some injury issues with Kyrie and KD lately. Uh, James Harden's been pretty consistently in the lineup, but they they've been really running hot lately. What have you been seeing from this Nets team now that they've got some time in? Played some better competition. What are you seeing from this team? Man, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I I definitely still come from a perspective of somebody like you gotta understand, uh, to our listeners, the height of my basketball experience was, you know, the Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson days. And so um it's tough for me to say this word. Mm, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because this is the difference of what I'm seeing in them lately defense mm. um they have actually taken you know taken a pride <laughs> taking pride in defense and i'm I'm sorry like it, it's hard for me to call a defense when you're giving up like 117 120 points a game but that is defense in the nba now and it's it's tough for me to accept it um when they held like i think it was the lakers and another squad under uh, 100 points to me like you know, the heavens open up and, you know, the chorus just starts singing. It's, it's wild to see, you know, what it means. But, yeah, I mean, just the way they've been switching um, and, and really James Harden, I, I got to key in on him. The imprint that he has made on this squad, it is clear that he phoned it in in Houston if it never was before. <laughs> Um, I mean, but, uh, I mean, he got, he definitely got rid of the fat suit. I mean, come on. You, you, got, you got to take out the styrofoam uh, fat man. That is still the craziest thing that I've ever seen in my right. life. I saw an angle. I saw an angle from their last game in warmups, and I'm like, I need, I need the back. I need the true backstory. Like, did, did James Harden show up to camp like at 280, and now he's at in Brooklyn at two at 245? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, was he got on that plane ride? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, man, that man, I he he definitely was. Um, he was about 16 weeks pregnant. 
and then suddenly he's not. <laughs> but uh, man, uh, two-time Eastern Conference Player of the Week at this point. You know they're switching um, heavily one through four. I think it was like the Suns game. They started like even DJ uh, DeAndre Jordan started switching, and that's that's a Houston thing all the way. You know, mm-hmm. so the reunion of him and Mike D'Antoni, I can tell that Steve Nash is listening and he's adjusting he's growing so man they're really hitting stride but let's just kind of talk about arcs of these teams you know you you Mm -hmm. make major additions you're gonna struggle then especially with kd out there's gonna hit a point even after the all-star break probably Mm -hmm. they're gonna struggle again they're gonna struggle again and then they're gonna surge again um Mm -hmm. you know and you see this from these from these teams that have these high profile guys um, as the other role players learn where it is that they fit. And if they buy in, and I think this is the key thing for me, is that I think we're seeing if those other players buy in and, and they really, really, really uh, commit, um, they're going to be the problem that, that we anticipate them being. I, you know, So they're, they're answering all of the what-if questions that spell a championship squad. Yeah. Um, you know, defenses, I'm not. They're bad on defense. They're just bad. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to be like, oh, they've gotten better. I think they've gotten better off offensively and figured out how to play. Playing through James Harden as the point guard, I think, was big for them to figure out early. Um, yeah. And I think it's actually freed up Kyrie to just be Kyrie. He doesn't have to hear the the criticism of him not being a traditional point guard or getting guys involved. He just does what needs to be done. And, and James is is really when you look at his game. Obviously, he has the ability to shoot and score, but he's a, he's a really great passer, um, sees the floor really well. And so when you put the ball in his hands, and it's not the Houston situation where it's James make everything happen, but James orchestrate, then that's a much better situation for him as a player and for them as a team. Um, you know, they've made some moves. I'm interested to see how they how they help defensively. They're adding Iman Shumpert. Um, they just signed Andre Roberson, who, you know, at his height was an all league NBA player, but he's coming off a pretty serious injury. Those are two guys that could definitely help, but I still think they need another big, um, as you get into the playoffs, you're going to have to play against the Joel Embiid. You're going to have to play against in the, in the, in the finals, you could have to face an Anthony Davis or Jokic, um, or Rudy Gobert. You're going to need some help in the middle because DeAndre Jordan can't play 48 minutes (laughs) and guard everybody. Um, you know, and you know the the team like the Lakers have Montrez Harrell on the bench as well. Another big that you've got to you've got to answer to. Um, so Brooklyn is definitely on the on the right tra- trajectory, but I want to see how how when they start getting some tendencies, teams start getting some tape on how this team plays. Um, how does that change um, how how well they're playing? Because the big thing right now is nobody has seen this team play. This is really the first games of this group being together and so um as teams see tendencies and then you get to a playoff scenario where you're playing a team multiple times um that's a much as we've seen the playoffs are a much different animal than the regular season you can have a great wide open you have the best offense in the history of the world of the regular season and then when teams kind of lock in defensively playoff time we see which teams really rise to the top and so i've yet to see the defense quite become that they face some teams that are that that aren't quite a hundred percent right now with the Lakers, um, but they did beat Fe- they did beat the Lakers, they did beat Phoenix, they be- did beat the Clippers, um, and so it'll be interesting to see the second time through that run. How does that look with some of these teams um, that after they get a second look at them? Yeah, man. I mean, 
Yeah, and and I think what we're what we're saying is we're seeing strides. You know, I think yeah, they're, they're absolutely their net rating, their defensive net rating went from 18th to fourth. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think the thing is, and uh, again, you know, shout out to James Harden. Same points per game, less shots, more mm-hmm. assists, more rebounds, mm-hmm. more steals, higher field goal percentage, and so, um, you know, those guys are now. If the if you know you get good tape on them, and if a team schemes, the thing is you still got the three best ISO scores in the league. Yeah, on the same squad, and so when things break down, I want the ball in Kyrie Irving's hands. I want the ball in James Harden's hands. I definitely want the ball in KD's hands. And so, that's my thing: is that you got you got two waves of things to overcome. You got to figure mm-hmm. out your system. And then you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with these guys when, mm-hmm. when you do break down their system. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might wish you hadn't broken down their system because <laughs> they still can take over the game one on one. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they ever reach peak potential because that yeah. is that is an unfair space to think of. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the truth is they could still get better. I mean, KD, the the thing to monitor is that KD, he keeps having these little kind of nagging injuries that are happening. You know, he had Mm -hmm. the COVID situation, but he's had these little nagging injuries that pop up. Um, And so with his history and just the the condensed nature of this season, um, down the stretch, is that going to be an issue? In the playoffs, after going through the full schedule, is that going to be an issue? Um, yeah, and yeah. you know him and Kyrie both have that kind of history of these little nothing major with Kyrie, mm-hmm. but it's little nagging things that take him out for five games here, ten games here, um, and or so just a random twenty spot, right? Yeah. <laughs> or he just does, doesn't want to play basketball, <laughs> right? Or he once. just right, right? I'll Has a birthday party. Yeah, I got a birthday party to go to. I'm gonna be out for a month. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be at this bar mitzvah, so I'll check y'all a little bit later. Yeah, man. I'll leave the sage here. Can y'all keep it burning I'll until leave I get back? The sage here. <laughs> That's how you know whether or not Kyrie is in for the day. Is if, if you get the, you get the aroma before you see him. Oh, man, Kyrie suiting up. Um. So yeah, I, I wanted to also do. Last week we did a little bit of a. Uh, you know, talked about some things that we were wrong about and surprised about so far in the season. One of the things that I'm I don't know if I'm surprised about, but it's it's been it's been cool to see is Steph Curry is back. Um, you know back back all the back back. Um and he's really putting up great numbers, averaging what, twenty nine, almost thirty points a game, shooting the I didn't even realize it was this high, forty two percent from three. This is um and with with the volume he he shoots, you wouldn't expect that at all. Um, and it's really, I mean, for lack of a better word, the, the Warriors at, are at the eighth seed, and it's all because of him. There's no other reason that they should be in the eighth seed. It's all because of him. Um, and it's taking all of Steph to keep them barely in the eighth seed. <laughs> yeah. um, so what have you seen from him this year? It's it's It looks like vintage Steph Curry to me. I just want to, to really hone in on what you just said there. Um, because you look at his stats, and it reminds you, of a Steph Curry from, oh, say, 2015, 2016. If you look at it, the numbers are nearly identical. Mm -hmm. You know, he averaged 30.1 points. Like you said, he's at 29.9 now. The assists are pretty much the same. The rebounds are exactly the same. But more importantly than anything, if you watch the games, the impact is exactly the same. So what can we say then? We can dispel this rumor. Let me talk. Let, let me get into the mic. We could dispel this rumor <laughs> that the man is just a shooter. 
Mm. We can dispel this rumor that he's not great. If you if you are paying attention, this the fact that they are in the eight seed in the Western Conference right now, and he is out there with a group of Mattel toys. <laughs> Wiseman is is continuously injured. Um, Draymond is is goodness. I don't know what to say about Draymond anymore. He's still a, he's still an important piece. I think he brings intangibles, but it ain't a whole lot of tangible. I was, I was going to say, he he might lead the league in non-point triple doubles. <laughs> right. Everything else. <laughs> like, <laughs> Draymond Green with the triple double, seven points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, and 11 steals. <laughs> He's definitely leading the league in triple singles. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, Man, but uh, uh, yeah, like you said, Steph is 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 definitely doing it alone, doing it alone. While uh, before Wiseman got injured, he was coming along. Mm-hmm. So the leadership is still there, the culture is still there. I, I I watch Golden State, and even when they're losing, even when they don't look good, I have confidence. Like, oh yeah, they're they're going to be good at some point mm-hmm. this year. And the fact that they're at eight right now and they're still not a very good squad. Um, no, Steph is amazing. Um, for those who don't remember, that same year we're talking about 15-16, that was a 73-9. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? That means that all you have to do is put solid pieces around Steph Curry and he is he's going to make the difference. Um, so, yeah, them getting, you know, I don't know what they do. I don't know if they if they make a move. I don't know if they need to make a move. I know there were some whispers about that a little bit earlier in the year, but uh um you know with with Clay being uh being down, you know, you, I think you got to do something. You don't want to waste more years of Steph because how many more years can he continue to mm, you know yeah. be a threat even with his driving cuz that's what I'm mm-hmm. seeing is like, you know, his finishing is still a threat so he's still able to create that space. I don't know how much longer, you know, with the ankles and everything like that. But no, I the, the man is back back <laughs> um, <laughs> and literally is is a tangential MVP candidate. Yeah, if they were if they were just a little bit better record yeah. wise, he would be in that conversation. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's in the bottom of like the top five. Right. But I don't the team is just so bad around him. It's it's so here's the frustrating thing about a guy like Steph Curry. You can do everything right defensively. You can shuffle your feet. You can stay in front of him. You can keep him from getting by you. And it does not matter. I watched the possession when they were playing the Lakers a, a while ago. KCP did everything right. Went, went um, above the screen, stayed in front of him. Steph couldn't shake him. He just shot it over him, switched it. Didn't matter. It's That's the most demoralizing and frustrating <laughs> thing in basketball yeah. is when you when you everything. Yeah. And then if you make even the tiniest mistake, it's 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 buckets. Um, so the gravity that he pulls in because he can shoot from it, he'll pull up from anywhere. It doesn't matter. You can't, all the basic rules of defense just don't apply to him. Yeah. Like any guy you would be like, why are you pulling up from the logo? Oh, it's because you're Steph Curry. Um, so the, the team around him, I will say this, you know, Draymond Green is not what he was, um, as a player, you know, the shooting is not really there. Um, not rebounding at a super high rate and defensively, there's been a little bit of slippage. He's still great. But what he brings energy-wise defensively is is just irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, I think a big reason James Wiseman was so successful is because Draymond Green is is not just 
on the court with him, but it's really pumping him up, really coaching him up, coaching him up. It's been great to hear kind of the inside sound during games of how he's just he's telling James, I want you taking that shot. That's right. Take that shot. If you yeah. get that matchup with that guard, I want you going at him. Yeah. Um, and has really been giving him the confidence. And you started to see it. He started to shoot the ball better, being more aggressive, showing that athleticism. Um, and I think that's going to be a big part of whatever they are this year. Draymond's leadership and yeah. then how that spills over to some of these young guys like James Wiseman being able to help this team get better and possibly sneak into the playoffs. Um, but overall, the team is just, man, it's it's it's, it's rough mess. sledding. It's, it's rough sledding. They've had injury issues with Pascal with Pascal and um and Wiseman. And after after that, there's not a whole lot of bigs on this roster, especially with Marquise Christ out. Um so, you know, shout out to Steph because it's 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 the Steph show right now. Yeah. And it's it's working enough. I don't know if it's gonna be enough to hold them in the playoffs. Um, but what this could create is a really interesting play in game situation where a team is gonna have to beat Steph Curry at the height of his powers. Yeah. And good luck with that. Um, right. <laughs> honestly, man, because I mean I'm we're we're watching these games and seeing these guys like <laughs> hitting game winners, you know, to beat Golden State and everything, and they're mm-hmm. celebrating. And I'm like, but why? Mm-hmm. Why were you even there? Look yep. look at this team you're playing. But like you say, the superpower of Steph is that he is he is a backbreaker. He does it when you least expect it. And it's interesting. You hear guys talk about, like, him and Dame. And it's like, well, Dame can make that shot. And it's like, yeah, it's just different mm-hmm. because you expect – you you expect Dan to take and make certain shots and you know and, and he's he's good for that. Steph is is out there doing stuff that you just you you weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. He I, I don't know. It, it's like you're continuously trying to catch your breath and he just yeah. has the energy of a three year old and he's just going for it. Um <laughs> the ability is, is something crazy. I gotta wonder though. I've gotta wonder. When does Golden State have to make a decision as far as their strategy? Because right now, i got to be honest, it seems like they're in a holding pattern just like they mm-hmm. were last year for Clay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you don't expect him to continue to tear ligaments and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at what point do you have to say, we've got to capitalize, we've got Steph Curry, this is a supernova, and we've got to do what it is that we have to do now. And I don't know what does that even mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Did, did, does it strike you the same, that they're just kind of in a waiting space? Yeah, I mean, this is this would be the the second year of essentially a, a lost season. Um, right. and I mean, and we've seen it. You can look down the examples of guys that were at their peaks with not good teams. Um, look at Dwayne Wade before the Heatles came came together mm-hmm. um, with Bosch and and, and LeBron. Um, he was one of the you know top five, top ten players in the league, but the team was just not good around him. Yep. Um, but they kept saying we're going to build this, we're going to build this team, and then finally they got the big three. And Dwayne was still great, but he wasn't peak Dwayne. Yep. Same with um, Paul Pierce. Same with Paul Pierce. Um, you know, they had, they won that championship, but it wasn't the best version of Paul Pierce that we saw those early years, like with him and Antoine Walker. Um, you know, even, even Kevin Garnett coming to that team was not the Kevin Garnett that we had seen, but he was still very effective, but not the same guy. And so when you have a guy like Steph, who's in his prime, um, 
you don't you really you hate to have to waste years like this when you're watching him do these things that no one else can do um and 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 it puts a lot of pressure on guys like clay to come back and be right when he gets back yeah puts pressure on guys like draymond to to play at the level that we've seen him play at um and so yeah it's you want to see them make a move but it's like what's the piece what's the piece that they're gonna be able to make a move with exactly i mean andrew wiggins is he a product of the situation or is or what is he is he just empty calories i don't i don't know um, you know, you know, you know, my stance on Andrew Wiggins. Um, <laughs> and I think we both agree on Andrew Wiggins. While I think he has benefited from being in that culture, he's one of those can't get right guys. Mm-hmm. That's got isn't it, isn't it weird that a lot of those guys come from or end up in Minnesota? Zach it is Levine, interesting. Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell. And I got to call Cat the exception. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just. <laughs> It didn't surprise me that Jimmy had to get out of there because it's just right. like, y'all are suffocating me with mediocrity, <laughs> <laughs> just with just, un- with underwhelmingness. Like, yeah, I just see the Kobe Bryant being he's shaking his hand, going soft. soft. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. That's all I see. Um, and and we've seen, you know, this can, you know, we're we're seeing Steph at his peak right now, but this can flip really quick. Yeah. Um we saw it with with Kobe when he started having the injury things at the end of his career. He went from a guy who maybe wasn't peak Kobe, but he was still, you know, he was still Kobe Bryant to mm-hmm. okay, it's it's almost time for Kobe. Yeah. We've seen it with Paul Pierce, it seemed like he was in Boston and then he got to Brooklyn and you're like, "Okay, Paul Pierce is old now. Like yep. he's yep. not he's not the same guy." So, you can't you can't waste you can't waste players, players prime. You can't expect it to just be like this forever. Um, and I don't know what the next, if if Steph's not at his peak physically, I don't know what the next iteration of of him is. Yeah, um, maybe That's it's playing off the ball, but it's but that takes away a lot of what he does well is being on the yeah. ball, being able to shake and do those things. Yeah, and and for those listening, we, you take nothing away from Clay Thompson. Absolutely not. We realize like that that is a that is a generational talent that so happened to develop alongside Steph Curry. Yeah, because uh, we we have not seen shooting like that outside of his his backcourt mate probably, mm-hmm. um, but like you said, eight thirty three is knocking. Mm-hmm. I think Steph is thirty three next month, and so you know we saw it with Dirk too. You know, mm-hmm. you, at some point, you these guys start going out there, and we're just excited because they're them and they're still playing, but they're not they're 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 not what they used to be. So that's, that's another great example. Saying. I feel like we went from Dirk winning the championship, and they're like, "We're gonna get Dwight Howard, we're gonna get all these guys and build this team." And they kept saying, "We're gonna do it." And then you looked around and like, "Okay, Dirk's not Dirk anymore." No, yeah, like, and so that's like the worst. Not the worst feeling, but it's just a bad feeling as a fan because you're like, man, yeah. I remember when Dirk was that dude, and yeah. now he's now he's just Mister Nowitzki, and it's fine. It's he's he's forty. Like I don't, we shouldn't yeah. expect him to be Dirk yeah. Nowitzki at forty. And we're voting him in the All Star game because oh, of gosh. what he's always been. But, Even though uh, he's being wheeled up and down the court, <laughs> plays the first two minutes of the first quarter, we don't see him again until the fourth quarter. <laughs> man, when he dunked in the All Star game, the fear that I felt in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> that I'd never see Dirk play again. Yeah, man. Oh man. That's yes, this player's like he just looked perpetually hurt the last two years. He just like <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Is this a Willis Reed situation? He looks like he's looking around. Um so real quick, NBA All Star All Star starters announced. Um 
you know, not a whole bunch of uh, surprises here, but there was a little bit of a little bit of trepidation. East, you got Kyrie Irving and Beal in the backcourt with Durant, Greek Freak, and Embiid, um, Luca and Steph Curry in the backcourt for the West with with LeBron, the Joker, and Kawhi. Um, the big thing was just Luca getting in over um, Damian Lillard, yeah. and then when I actually looked at the voting, they were actually tied. Um, and the tiebreaker was fan voting, and then mm-hmm. when, you, when you get that international market, uh, Luca had a had a little bit of an advantage there. Um, but any other anything else? Anybody else that you think deserved a spot? I don't really think Dame deserved. deserved just, I mean, he's going to be an all star, right? But, um, man, this is a this is a uh, it's a fan thing. So mm-hmm. I've I've never really bought into you know all of the hoopla about guys being a starter but not being. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Dame's gonna be there. I don't think anybody anybody else really got snubbed. I was looking through here, um, and I mean it's name recognition. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna mm-hmm. draw an audience for the event, you gotta have these guys up front. Yeah. So yeah. no, I don't. I mean, James Harden is somebody that uh, you know arguably could have been. You know, um, you know a lot of people talk about Brad Beal and the, the Wizards' record. And so maybe should you have had Harden in there instead at the shooting guard? Maybe, you know, should you have had Trey Young or Zach Levine? But no, <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, yes, I was going to say, Zach Levine, we can go. That will be a hard no. <laughs> I mean, that man is balling. That man is, is playing amazing basketball, and he's exciting, and he would be an asset to the All-Star game. So I do think he deserves a reserve spot. And it's thick in the East. I was um, going to say, I don't think he's going to get in. I <sighs> Uh, I look here's, at the list. Here's the one guy that I think has a great. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he should have. I don't. I think it was stacked against him. Jalen Brown, I think, deserved the season that he's having right now. Um, I was not expecting from Jalen Brown. He's yeah. at. Tw- I mean, twenty six, twenty seven points a game. I mean, Jalen Brown is good. I just didn't think he had that level in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he has a legitimate whatever conversation about it. But I'm not. Bradley Beal is is playing at another level. Um, and then I think. The surprising the Utah Jazz didn't get one player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it was it probably would have to be Donovan Mitchell at this point. Um best best record in the league right now. To not have an all star is weird, but uh, whatever. Strange. It's nothing. It's strange. Um, they'll they'll get they'll get a couple in with uh probably Donovan and, and Rudy. Yeah. Um so I'm not super pressed about that. But you know, Zach Levine, I don't even want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Zach Levine because the Bulls are god awful terrible. But so are um, I mean, but so are the Wizards. They absolutely are, but he is not quite Bradley Beal. True. Well, I, he's not putting up the numbers that Brad Beal has been putting up. Sure, but Chris Paul hasn't been putting up the numbers that Russell Westbrook has been putting up, and he's still, to me, far more effective player. I want to see him as a. In what way is West. he not putting up the numbers? He's definitely I mean, played more games. And I think in every statistical category, um, what Russ is averaging more than CP. Um but the Russ but, experience is a is a stat hunting experience. And and I think that's my thing. If I watch if Zach Levine's season has impacted me as a as a viewer of the game, and you know, just, especially over this last stretch where he's just been it's been 30 a night, you know, 40 here and there. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's been a more impactful player in my eyes than Beal has been this year. But that's just me. You know, I really do think that he should get in. But, you know, it's tough in the East when you got Julius Randle, you got Sabonis, you got Harden, you got Tatum, you got Jalen Brown. Yeah, Vucevic, Trey, you know, Chris Middleton's having a solid year, even though I don't care about him. <laughs> wow. So you, you care about Zach, Zach Levine. You don't care about... Let's be honest. Chris we Middleton. saw Chris Middleton, and he played well in the All Star game. I think it was, you know, maybe last year. If there is a pick that is the least sexy pick for the oh, All Star yeah. game, he's Chris... definitely a Kyle Lowry All Star. Oh my gosh! Thank you. We should. We need to do a whole show. Yeah. About just and we'll, I, we can call it the Kyle Lowry All Stars. I don't care of All Stars that you just never. It's yeah, you made the All Star team, but God, I don't want to watch you play at all. At ever. all, please you know, stay like, at home. Please, tell I love me. Tim Duncan. God, he's. I mean, he's just he's fundamental. He's gonna get, get the shot off the backboard and perfect yeah. post move is like all right, Tim. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Wait, what did they call it? <laughs> and then big, Tracy McGrady just grabs it, throws it off the backboard right, to himself, right. and you're like, yes. <laughs> to that point, give me a Zion over Kawhi. Thank you. That's 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 what I would want. I mean, Zion needs to be in the game first of all. So, uh, Adam Silver, hit hit the button, please. The button. We all know the commissioner has a button. Yeah. When when stuff's not going right, you know. All right, look, we need to. This needs to happen. Trap door. Right. <laughs> oh, his Achilles went out. How weird. <laughs> right. Had no idea that <laughs> might happen. Uh, oh my gosh, they threw out Draymond for no reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's switch gears to the NFL. Um, another quarterback domino fell today, um, or not today, uh, last week. Carson Wentz finally getting dealt to the Colts for a third round pick and a future pick. Um, let's just first first impressions of the deal. I mean, I don't think anybody is surprised he's going to any to as Indiana, as you say. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what does this mean for the Colts? Does this change their their positioning in the AFC? Yeah, I think it's just interesting that he went for what he went for. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that he would go for you know for pocket lint and a butterfinger, <laughs> but you know I think that's just kind of how the situation progressed, um, and that was the market for him. Um, I think there was one other team that was really Chicago, maybe. That um, I think Philly was hoping to get a certain offer from, or you know, they were just going to take whatever uh, Indianapolis was offering <laughs> to them. Um, but man, I I I'm I'm glad to see it happen. I do think it, it can be a good fit. It's just all on Carson. It really yep. is. It's it just really all is. on him. What is his mindset? What is his sense of of entitlement? Man, he said some things. You know those latter days in Philly that really came across as, Oh, I, I believe that I've earned this. And it's really like, dog, you had a above average year and then you had a great year and you got a deal, but you didn't do anything really. Yeah. Um, the success your team had that, yeah, you, you, you know, and give them credit for what they did in the regular season, but we are, we all know the story. Nick Foles mm-hmm. led them to a championship. Um, and so I, yeah, to be entitled when you weren't the guy that, that led your team to right. Super Bowl win is just is wild to me. But um, yeah, it's if like, he it's comes like Blaine in, Gabbert coming out next year, and he's like, 
you know, I, I want a Super Bowl <laughs> right, uh, in Tampa right. Bay, so let's let's get this thing popping. Uh, I, just want, I just want everybody to, you know, really take in the fact that um that I'm, you know, I I, I just want to be paid what I'm worth. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, if he comes in on a humble and mm-hmm. and wins the respect of those guys, you know, he just and understands that you know he has created a, rep- a reputation for himself. Um, some of it is is media stuff, but some of it is like, nah, dog, you said this, yeah. <laughs> you you did this. Um, I think it is a perfect situation for a comeback. Um, you know, pressure is. I, I think expectations are playoff immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, with what uh, they were I, able to do this year. Um, and so that's that's something to consider as well. So I'll just be taking a look. You know, uh, it's it's the same tropes, the things we watch for in the off season. Is he a guy that's getting together with his guys? Are they mm-hmm. are they building team chemistry and things like that? I saw one thing about what uh, Michael Pittman not giving up his number for Carter. yeah yeah. <laughs> so it's just like off to a great start, guys. <laughs> um, and that's no, not a real indicator or anything. I just thought it was funny. Here's a funny story. Tim Hasselbeck on ESPN was telling the story. They were talking about the whole number thing. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, here's my here's my story. I'm, you know, I'm number eight playing for the Redskins, and they trade for Mark Brunel. And at the introductory press conference, they have the eight number eight Mark Brunel jersey at the press conference. He's like, that's my number. <laughs> He's like, Mark never asked for it. He never paid me. Like, we never talked about it. They just changed my number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And then uh, another number story. Another number story. Shaq, when he came into the NBA, he was—I think he wore thirty-three at LSU. Mm. Um, and so he comes into the NBA. They had this—I forgot who the who the vet was that had his number on the Magic. He's like, "Yo, man, I've, I've worn thirty-three my whole career. That's why I wouldn't wear." He's like, "All right, I'm gonna need fifty stacks." Right. right. And Shaq was like. Shaq's got $50,000. They said, he's a yeah. So then he was like, I wore number 32 in Orlando. <laughs> I didn't wear 33. <laughs> he's like, I'm a businessman. I'm not paying 50 stacks for no number. There it is. There it is. Uh, so Michael Pittman, name your price. I'm sure I'm sure Carson right. will pay. He's got it. Carson he's will got pay it. Trust it. Me. Right, right, yes. right. He's I, got I it. We, we, we've seen enough to know Carson will. Uh, he will pay it. But yeah, man, what's your expectation uh, for him, though? I don't know. Last year, I thought he could have taken a step forward. I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect from Carson Wentz. He should be good. I have no idea. And they have some. They have some questions they have to answer on that, especially in the wide receiving core. T.Y. Hilton's a, a free agent. Michael mm-hmm. Pittman came on for them last year, so they're going to be looking to either, hopefully, bring back T.Y. I think he's a. I think he's a. You know, one of those faces in in Indianapolis that we're used to seeing, and I think he wants to be there. But if a team throws some money at him. They may be looking at bringing in another kind of veteran, maybe a Will Fuller, um, somebody That'd like that. Um, so it'll be it'll be cool to see how they kind of build build out the rest of this offense. Defensively, we know this team is ready made, mm-hmm. um, and so Jonathan Taylor started to come on late last year, which you know a quarterback's best friend is the running game. So right. let's 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 see how how Carson does. If he doesn't do it with this team, I don't know what's left for Carson Wentz. Um, so I'm I I will honestly say I'm rooting for him. I think I think he got there's some like we talked about there's some things outside of his control that uh, he that I mean that Philly team just got old they got old and beat up um, and they got to some salary cap issues and so it was unfortunate that they weren't really able to build out that team 
how they would have probably liked, but a lot of it is on Carson is that he didn't elevate the level of that team. And so this team is a team that can elevate him. And so if he doesn't do it with this defense, with these, with this young talent on offense, then I think the the book will be closed on Carson Wentz pretty quickly. Um, But on the flip side, what does Philly do? Um, You know, Jalen Hurts started um, to end, end last season, showed some flashes and things, still a rookie quarterback, but they did take him in the second round. Um, and they have a they have a top five or top six pick this year. Um, already they've started to make some moves, releasing Deshaun Jackson, releasing Alshon Jeffrey. I don't think they should take a quarterback with that first pick. I think they need to get some kind of dynamic playmaker um, and and start to rebuild that offensive line, which has kind of started to fall apart a little bit and get old. Um, and let's see what you have with Jalen Hurts and see if you can bring in a veteran. Um, you know, dare I say one of one of your favorites, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, possibly um, could be it's. a good get for them. Um, I think he'd be a good a good vet for for Jalen to learn from. Yeah, and let and let him ball out and see how he does. Get see if you can get him some young weapons to start to develop something. You're you've already got thirty eight million in dead money from the from the Wentz deal on the on the books, so your your salary cap sheet is destroyed um, at this point. So you might as well start to develop some of these young guys invest in these young guys and then next year with um with your draft pick and hopefully with a little extra money you can start to really build this team out in earnest yeah i think um like you said the starting point for me was to stop stop trying to uh get a bible verse uh stop trying to put new wine and old wine skins mm-hmm. um alshon yeah. needed to go uh, you gotta stop putting your hopes in Deshaun Jackson to you know revive and be what he was when Donovan McNabb was the quarterback um, and Mike Vick. Exactly right, right, right. Um, you know there it was time. It's time to move mm-hmm. on. It's time to get some new blood um, and surround Jalen Hurts with with guys that that can get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this I don't know why I got an eerie feeling that this team is is still. Is still assessing what to do when you have a quarterback that is ready made uh, to take off. Um, but they they've not shown me a, a whole lot to to be confident in that they're going to be able to really come alongside yeah. and support him. But hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, yeah, and and I think it's to invest. I do think that they need they need uh, they need an offset for Miles Sanders in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. He is uh, he's a great open field, you know that that guy. He's the, uh, the Naeem Hines, the you know though that class of uh, of running back, and uh, he could do some things on the ground as well, you know. But even here, you know, look at Cleveland's situation. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is amazing uh, as a runner himself, but just getting something to change that pace, um, anticipating that Jalen Hurts will need uh, some productivity from your doggone run game so that he can have room and and he can take off. Uh, so look at, you know, how, how things started in Arizona with, for Kyler Murray last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a situation you want to put him in. But, you know, look at some of these big free agency targets. Uh, you got to open up the checkbook and, and try to now, um, you know, you I, I think you touched on the money a little bit. How does it all work? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so getting creative with the draft, with the pick, with the picks that you do have. Uh, I agree. I don't think they need to take a, a quarterback there up front. Um, I think there's there's going to be more than enough that we've talked about here on the pod um, of quarterbacks that are available 
Um, mm-hmm. um, and even the backup market is going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty strong. So you know, look for look to add a guy, like you said, with veteran presence. Fitz Magic would be great. Um, I think Josh McCown is coaching somewhere, but you know, if you can land, oh, he'll a guy, find a job somewhere. Don't worry, he'll find a job. Listen, somebody. might even be a quarterback somewhere because <laughs> uh, um, they keep resurrected Josh McCown. <laughs> But getting one of these guys who are tried and true as far as, like you said, being able to uh, to help a young quarterback develop. I would just like to see them go all in. I think yeah. that's the thing. Can you commit already? Because yeah. that that is the first – that to me, that's the first step in setting a direction, actually setting a vision is when you commit to your quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their hesitation is there, um, what questions they're waiting on to be answered, but that's going to be my thing because I think the draft – free agency is going to be all over the place if they have not decided mm-hmm. Jalen is our guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of this hesitation was that I don't think Doug Peterson was was sold on him as his quarterback. I mean, I think he wants a more traditional more traditional style quarterback than Jalen. And so I think they're going to have to do some catering of that offense to what he does well, getting yeah, him out exactly. um, on the edge, similar to how similar to how the the Cardinals use Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. um that run pass option, but Jalen Hurts is he can throw the ball. And yeah. so he is, they're going to need to develop him, though. So, um, you know, Philly, they, they got stuck in that world of we won the championship. We want to get back there. But they got old. They got injured. Um, and it happened Contract quick. situations. Huh? Yeah, it happened, it happened really quick. Too. Absolutely. So they kind of got caught and weren't ready to pivot. So now, that, like you said, they've got to commit to let's develop some guys. Let's draft some guys. Let's get this team young and exciting before we try to make this team good again. Um, Because that's when you start making moves, like bringing in Deshaun Jackson when he's, you know, barely on the field. You keep in Alshon Jeffrey when he's barely on the field. Um, uh, Before we leave, um, real quick, next quarterback. What's the next quarterback move? Man. All right. It's not exciting, so I'm not going to go that route. I low-key agree with – I know a lot of experts are saying, and and I kind of agree. I don't know if there is another move. Um, mm. uh, and I think going into the offseason, you know, we were all talking about all oh, 18, 19 quarterbacks might be on the mm-hmm. move. Um, I think we've seen some pretty big moves thus far. Um, I'm still hoping that Deshaun Watson can uh, – um, a team can go ahead and, and make Houston a deal that needs to be made because uh, I don't want to see a season wasted of Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson's. But I, I do think San Francisco – if they believe that they still have the core um, uh, to make it back and to make another run, you got to look at moving Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've got to look at moving Jimmy. He is the poster child for, I guess, uh, 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 I was going to say um, just mediocrity, but um, I, I don't think, I don't think you infuse the necessary push. If you, if you stand pat, with Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo in the backfield. And mm. so what can you get that will move it forward? That becomes the question. And, and what is yeah. it that you believe will actually, you know, take your team to a next level? Um, you know, uh, another one, I, I know Gruden loves Garoppolo too, or he he was high on him. And so would a David Carr, you know, would, would that even make sense? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the that's the big question is, mm-hmm. you know, are we are we swapping, you know, making lateral moves instead of actual upgrades or, you know, is there really something out there that can that can uh, that can be made? But I'm looking at Jimmy G um, 
and and, and Carr. You know, I, I think that they need some new situations. And I got this itch that makes me feel like Miami might, you know, try and deal to it with, you know, if, if they still go after uh, Deshaun. And I'm, I'll be frank, I'm hoping that they don't. If Deshaun mm-hmm. moves anywhere, I'm hoping that is to the Jets. Um, I think Tua has some has some room to grow in Miami, so that's what I'm watching. Yeah, I uh, I I I agree. Forty nine. I mean, Forty Nine ers are only going to move Jimmy if they have another quarterback. If they're getting another quarterback, or there's another quarterback that they have eyes on already, um, they're not just going to get rid of him for nothing. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus Mariota may be the next. He's a young quarterback, gettable, fits kind of the modern quarterback, can run. Mm-hmm. And, and and really impressed me with his play for the Raiders last year, re- replacing Derek Carr. Um, one of these teams like maybe New England, um, maybe even maybe even a team like Philly looking for a, a, a semi-veteran that can help you on the field and off the field um, with Jalen Hurts. They play, they're not the same size, but they play a similar type of game. Um, in terms of their athleticism and their passing ability. Um, so it, I think that it'll be a, a minor move. I don't think it's going to be a major move until we get to the draft. Um, I'm, I'm not – I'm. I've said it before. I, I just don't see Houston making a deal. They seem really resistant to doing it. Um, so I think Deshaun may be there at least at the start of camp, and then we might see something. But um, real quick, some fresh news coming in. Um the Rockets did release DeMarcus Cousins, and the Lakers did release Quinn Cook. Coincidence? <laughs> Writing on the wall. What uh, do you think? Re- real quick, what's your take? DeMarcus Cousins for the Lakers. How you feel about that? Um, I realize that I, I I have favor for DeMarcus, so I've been waiting on him to make a, uh, a big impact. I thought he would have with Golden State. Got injured. Thought he would have with the Lakers. Got injured. Um, but I think it's, it's – I do think that uh, the Lakers are going to look look for him, especially with AD being out. He mm-hmm. just fits the profile. You know, you need a guy that, that can shoot. Marcus Hall is not really panning out how I think they hoped. Um, so Boogie is still going to be able to produce, and he was showing that um, with Houston. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting to see that here and here soon. They need to, they need mm-hmm. to do it on the double because they are <laughs> struggling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. It's – I say this all the time. Every year, with LeBron, I'm not worried about it right now. It's they're down. They're down. They're they're uh, second and third leading scorers right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would I would love for them to be playing better, but I'm much more interested in how they'll be playing closer to the playoffs. It's I, it's a lull in the season. I, they'll they'll get back to where they need to be. But I do think you know they they got to stop dropping some of these winnable games where the margins yeah. are not too too you know yeah slim margins and and. Extra talent will help put you over the top because uh, even just for seeding, I do think it'll it'll be helpful for them to be whatever home is by the time we get to the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, they don't care about seeding. I mean, especially this year, like there's no there's no fans. Like, after you win a ring in the bubble, it yeah, nothing really matters anymore. I mean, we've we've seen it with LeBron. You remember? I mean, I bring this up a lot of time in my personal conversation, but everybody was like that that the last the second I guess the last year. Oh, this is the year Toronto finally knocks them off. They're a better team. They've got the better seed. And then what will LeBron, LeBron do? Single-handedly dismantle the Toronto Raptors. I, I, we watched him literally snatch the soul out of them for five man. games. I mean, <laughs> hearing those hearts break game after game after game was uh, – as when yeah, he, I mean, hearing Cleveland – When he hit that game winner, they're just like, Jesus. Yeah. What else can we do? Yeah. 
Golly. Um, Lebronto. Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not no. worried about him either, but I do think this will be a solid pickup for him. Yeah, it would be. I think I don't think Marcus isn't a regular season move to me. He's a he's a guy you want in the postseason. Um and he's shooting the ball well. He's not playing a whole lot of minutes, which you don't want. You don't want Marcus playing thirty minutes a game at this point in his career. So you um, think it's all so on game with how they're playing. Yeah, it's all on game. He's not I mean, they don't when they get to the playoffs, he's not going to be playing big minutes either. I mean, Anthony Davis played a lot of minutes at the center, especially in the conference finals and in the NBA finals. So, um, but I think DeMarcus Cousins gives them another element. When you can play him and Montrez coming off the bench, you could do the stretch five thing with with yeah. him and, and things like that. I think it just gives you more versatility, gives you another true center behind Marc Gasol. And then, you know, if you want to, make a switch and move Montrez to the starting lineup. Then you've got DeMarcus coming off the bench. So it gives you some options. And Quinn Cook wasn't playing. You know, shout out to Quinn Cook for just being in the right situation at the right time. But I don't understand <laughs> why. I mean, he he's good. When I see him actually get out on the court, he's not a bad yeah. player. He he's keeps just, going places, a, winning rings, and just nobody wants him just still. Nothing. He's a, he's a short point guard that shoots, theoretically, shoot, he shoots better in theory than he does in real life. Um, man, that's tough. And so he's got to be one of those guys like you. You sign and you're like, oh, he's gonna, he can help us. And he gets a practice. You're like, huh? Rajon is really getting by him kind of easy, <laughs> right? Right, right. Man, well, Alice Caruso is cooking it. <laughs> well, listen, I am on Quinn Cook watch wherever he goes next. I'm gonna be watching that team because uh, he's kind of like Troy Daniels. Yeah, who's ironically a Laker like Troy Daniels? Like, oh, he's a shooter. He's gonna be able to help this team. And then you're like, man, yeah, Manu Ginobili just really blew by him a <laughs> lot really, faster than I thought he would. Really <laughs> Oddly enough, Troy Hudson, another guy. Oh gosh, I remember you know watching him in Minnesota. I was just like, yo, he's gonna be a star. Whenever he, everywhere else he went, it was like, yeah, Troy, man, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe broadcasting, maybe. That's the, uh, I think Jeff Van Gutty tells a story. And sorry, guys, we're rambling at the end of the podcast, but I'm going to end the show soon. Don't worry. Uh, Jeff Van Gutty tells a story how he first got into the NBA and he talks about the difference between like summer league guys and then like real professionals. Yeah. So this is a summer league guy. I can't remember some guy from the Big East who came in and he was like, he was unstoppable. Like nobody could stop him in summer league. And I'm like, this guy's going to be an all star, like all time great. He said, and then the NBA players came. <laughs> And he could not do anything. <laughs> he couldn't get by anyone. He couldn't guard anyone. He couldn't make a shot. And he was cut the next year. It was like, oh, that's the difference. <laughs> so these guys that you're like, oh, yeah, uh, Dougie, uh, Doug McDermott's going to be an all-star in the NBA. And then he gets the NBA and you're like, you know what? He's just, uh, he's kind of just Kyle Culver light. Man, that would be a, an amazing conversation is just to like go back through history at the guys that we oh, just man. knew because listen when adam morrison came out i was just like whoo he could he could shoot he could score he's got size that man was a he was decoration his oh entire gosh. career crazy man my my example would be like a like a michael beasley he just seemed like Oh man, he's a, he could shoot, he could score the rebounding, like he does all of those things, and then like he forgot how to do everything except score when he got to the NBA. Like that's real, and he's still a bucket. 
but it's he's just still like, a bucket. I, I, he just doesn't do anything else. Yeah, he Man. be setting those Dwight screens where he's like, "Yeah, I got your screen. Nah, roll out." <laughs> <laughs> and then the guys that just looked like they were gonna be Austin Rivers, just yeah, all of those Duke guys. Aside from Zion, they just yeah. You just thought that they were going to come out and they were going to blaze the league. And they hold down spots on the bench better than anybody, um, you know, in, in the whole in the whole NBA. The way they come off the bench, man, Coach oh, K gosh. has to be proud. <laughs> Coach K has to be proud. Nah, my, my thing is the white bigs from from Duke. You know, the, the Plumlee brothers, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. This 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 guy is gonna be a girl. The the Zeller brothers, all of them, you know, Cody Zeller. He's gonna be, you know, Tyler is good, but Cody is really the one. And now, now it's like, no, he's he's in the NBA. Yeah, you know, he's there. <laughs> right, he's still there. <laughs> he's he's around. Cut again. You know? <laughs> his, I think his the career one- is his 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 career is receding like his hairline, just slowly <laughs> but surely. <laughs> Never seen a 28, 27 year old <laughs> that looked more 52. Oh, no, look, Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Pictures of Clyde Drexler yeah. in the in Portland where he had the when he had the full George Jefferson, he was 26. I watch highlights and I cannot tell what year it is because Clyde oh gosh, you know. he looks perpetually <laughs> like he is grandpa Clyde. I think my favorite, World Be Free. My right, my favorite underwhelming guy though, by far, has to be Tyler Hansborough. Because I'm watching him in college, and everybody's just like, "Wow, Psycho T is this," and I'm like, "Y'all, this ain't gonna go well." That's <laughs> we, I was, I'm a North Carolina fan, huge Tyler Hansborough fan. Saw it coming a mile away. Oh, he's great in college. Oh, he's gonna be great. But those post moves are real mechanical. There's yes, one move. Are. It's just Man. bully through you and get to the basket. Like there's not. He's not going to develop anything else. <laughs> There's no finesse. There's no. Listen, the footwork is like stomp, stomp, plant, plop. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, it ain't there. It's not there. Man, oh, man. That'd be the worst when you got these guys in there. Like, we're really sorry, guys. We're just rambling, having a fun conversation. Listen, if you if you're not, we'll see you next time. Um, I don't know. This is a really throw. This is a real throwback from a few years, from several, uh, probably a couple decades ago. There's a guy at Maryland named. Terrence Morris. Mm. After his freshman year, everybody was like, oh, he's going to be a top pick. And he came back for a sophomore year. This year, he's definitely, he stayed all four years, didn't get drafted, never saw him in the NBA. Crazy. Like, for every year, man, this is a guy who stayed in school. He could have made money. He's going to be a pro. Never lasted in the NBA. Listen. Great college player. Did great things, but just. Listen, and he is killing it as a district manager at Walgreens. Like. <laughs> Doing appearances on Maryland's campus. Oh, that's Terrence Morris. It's amazing, man. All of these guys do not have the. I think that's the thing that that gets lost is like there has to be a lot of ambition and drive for you to yeah. for you to actually succeed in a league full of the best players in the world. Yeah. So, you know, just ask Anthony Bennett, and um, somehow Andrew Wiggins has still made just to bring it full circle. Somehow, with all of that said, Andrew Wiggins has still managed. To average what seventeen some odd points and and keep a career, Andrew. Well, it plays to be athletic. I'll just say that miracles still happen. All right, guys. We have thank you for staying with us and listening to us talk about just random topics. Um, 
So we like to end with our parting words. Ian, give us your parting words for today. So I have a uh, kind of a sideways, but I want to shout out uh, Francisco Lindor. Um, mm. You look awful in a Mets uniform. Uh, <laughs> I was not the, expecting that. <laughs> it's the strangest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. But I'm not mad at you for it. Um, you know, I'm 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 looking forward. I don't know what the blue hair is about. I, I don't know, but you are living your best life. Um, you're maintaining the same energy you brought to Cleveland for all of those years. You deserved your payday. I'm glad that you got it. I hate seeing you in another uniform. Can't say that I'll root for you, uh, but you did deserve, you know, an opportunity to uh, uh, to be maximized and and to be and to be compensated for how much you bring to a ball club. So uh, while it just looks awful. It, it just looks terrible. Um, I am, you know, giving kudos to you. Um, and I can say that I'm not going to support you all I want to because I'm bitter. But I will be watching the Mets uh, because you're there. And I think that's the thing you make in this era where baseball is terribly unwatchable. Uh, you make terribly. baseball watchable. And uh, and and I'm I'm glad to see that brother uh, get, get, get his due. Man. Got your baseball in, Ian. Thank you. I, it had to happen. I was going to go black like history, with, but I, I remembered that I was on restriction. Thank you. I would have muted your mic, and we would have overdubbed <laughs> it with something else. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther King speech. <laughs> um, and I did not see the pivot. You you look terrible in the bet jersey. Uh, that was great. Um, my party word go to the one and only primetime Deion Sanders. Hey. Um, big win in his head coaching debut at Jackson State, 53 to nothing. Um, so shout out to him for the win. And then shout out to him for this really weird controversy that happened afterwards with him saying he was robbed and the school coming out saying, no, I wasn't. No, you weren't robbed. We just moved your stuff. And then him coming out again and then saying, no, I was robbed. Somebody watched it happen. Um, so I'm really confused as to what's actually happening at Jackson State behind the scenes. Did Dion get robbed? Why was his man's just watching him get robbed? Um, just a, a lot of questions now after a 53 point win in your debut. Uh, <laughs> that's how you debut. <laughs> you win 53 to nothing, and we're talking about whether or not you got robbed. My my biggest question of the whole thing now is if your man's was watching you get robbed. Is he your man's? <laughs> is he your man? It, <laughs> yeah. it, he set you up. Whose man's is this? Yes, who's, <laughs> your man was like, yeah, man. Dion, you get robbed. Get the, get the, the jacket. The jacket. <laughs> right, right, right. Jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm losing you, Dion. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, they're taking my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's why. So why does school make it stay? Yeah, never mind. You know, so people are saying that it looks bad on Jackson State that this happened at an HBCU that he might or might not have gotten robbed, and it looks bad. So, I, bro, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how. Huh? People get robbed at Harvard. Yeah, you don't hear about it though. They cover that stuff up. <laughs> oh man, that's wild. <sighs> I had a joke, but it's inappropriate. So, kids. <laughs> Just imagine a really funny joke here. Um, well, that's it. 
that is all for this special two-in-one episode of the three-in-one podcast from cleveland ohio it's mr pivot himself ian lamont morgan trey kevin love good luck with that and here in the capital city by way of several other places they call him the black jalen hurts because he's the future it's malcolm morgan you've been listening to the three in one podcast we'll see you all next time